Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And what are we talking about today, Julia? So today we are talking about the Goliath bird-eating tarantula, um, which is also just known as the bird-eater, Goliath bird-eating spider. It's just a pretty generic name for that. Um, and just talking about, first of all, the look of it. As soon as you look at it, it's it chills down your spine. It is creepy looking. This is probably one of the ones where I would say almost anyone has already seen it. Yeah. Like, you probably have already seen pictures between this and then, what is it, the red knee tarantula? Yeah. So, there's the red knee tarantula, which is like a stereotypical, like, red. Mm -hmm. This one is like a really dark brown. You also probably will have recognized it because it's the largest spider in the world. Yeah. <laughs> or the largest arachnid. And when, I, when we say largest, we mean by weight and the length of its body, not including its legs. Leg span, that title goes to the giant huntsman spider out in Australia, which those are also horrifying. Yes. So talking about, again, the size. So the actual size of its body can reach about five inches long, um, which, you know, thinking about spiders and their bodies, it's... It's kind of big, especially since you just usually it's super long legs, tiny little body. Well, this one has a really big body and then really big legs that can get about, they can span out to about 12 inches from one leg to the other side on the other leg. So yeah, think about like, if you want, if you want nice perspective, so mm -hmm. look at your hand, the palm of your hand, the Goliath bird eater's body is bigger than the palm of your hand. Yeah. It's big. It, it, it's big. It's big. And then like Julia said, with its legs, like the size of a dinner plate. Mm -hmm. And it's it's meaty. It gets up to six ounces, which I know we say six ounces. Oh, that's tiny. That is big for, for, for an insect, yeah. arachnid. Like yeah. six ounces is huge. Mm -hmm. That's enough to where if it was walking on you, you would feel it. It is big enough for that. So in general appearance, you know, we talked about the size of it. Um, it, like Jack said earlier, it has like a darkish brown color. I saw something that said it's almost like coffee colored. That's a really good way to think of it. Yeah. Um, it can go, you know, some just different shades of brown. And then looking at its uh, abdomen and its legs, it has these hairs on it, which actually I learned is what tarantula is. It's just a very general term for a hairy spider. Yeah, and I also didn't know those hairs are the same material as its exoskeleton. Yeah. I did not know that either. Mm -hmm. um, and I also wanted to, when you were talking about its body, I also want to throw in this word. I learned a new word called a cephalothorax. Mm. So, you know, we talk about with like insects, they have like, their bodies can uh, made up of three parts. It's the head, the thorax, the abdomen, yeah. right? Well, when we say cephalothorax, and you'll see if you look at a tarantula, it looks like it only has two body parts. It's because it does. The head and the thorax have become one, and that's what's called a cephalothorax, a fused head and thorax, and that's where all the legs attach to, yeah. is that thorax part. 
Also, some other new vocabulary I learned. So, besides just its eight legs, it also has four other appendages near its mouth. So, they are called the, the chelicere, chelicere, and the pedipalps. So, the chelicere, chelicere are what are where the fangs and venom are. That's mm-hmm. what those are. The pedipalps are like, consider them like little hands. Yeah. They help bring food into its mouth, um, use them as claws. And then the pedipalps also come into um, use with male tarantulas when mating, but we'll get into that when we talk about their reproduction. And one of the last things I want to impress upon with like its size and its how it looks. So we talked about its fangs, you know, spiders, they got fangs. This isn't to make you scared. It's just an interesting like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Its fangs are an inch long. Yeah. That's, sink, that's sinking deep. Yeah. Those are big fangs. So where it's actually found, and I'm going to be honest, I, I'm surprised it doesn't come from Australia because that's why I thought it mm. came from originally. Um, but it actually is in the northern parts of South America. Um, so you think in qu- countries like, you know, Venezuela, uh, top of Brazil, uh, Guyana, all in that area. And they live in the rainforest there on the rainforest floors. Yeah, so they they live in burrows that either they dig or they'll find abandoned ones from rodents. And they basically go into the burrow, dig it, or go into a burrow and just line it with webbing. Mm-hmm. It does not use its web to catch things. That is not what the webbing is for. It is for making a silk line burrow, making it a nice little den. And they also use their webbing for carrying around their egg sacs and covering their eggs as well. Then with its burrow... Throughout the tarantula's life, or the bird eater's life, it will hardly ever go far from that burrow. Mm-hmm. It is not a hunter. So I know when people think like these big spiders, they think they're going out and finding food. No. The tarantula is trying to expend as little energy as possible to find food. Usually, it just lies in wait, and that is all it does. Yeah, I saw that they'll never move um, a, more than like a couple feet from its home at a time. It's, you know, they don't go these big distances, you know, miles to find food and then come back. They are, look around the home, find what they can, go back. They, Yeah, you're right. They are not hunting type like that. Yeah, they are, they are very laid back when it comes to that sort of thing. And then did you want to talk about what they eat? Oh, yeah. So, you know, pretty, pretty standard diet, what you would think of, you know, small uh, lizards, frogs, mice, even some small snakes. And I know it's, you know, the Goliath bird eating and it's, it's very rare that they eat birds. They can eat birds, mm. but the name actually comes from in uh, Victorian times. There was adventurers, and they came across a spider that was a was actually eating a bird, and so the name has just stuck since then. It's the Goliath bird eater. Yeah. Although they rarely actually do eat birds, it's not like a main part of their diet. That's I saw that, and it was in. At least the source I saw, they talked about. They wanted to impress upon that it was a hummingbird. It wasn't some like crazy yeah. big. If they found a spider eating a hummingbird, which isn't crazy. Like if the, if the tarantula was able to catch it off guard or it's a young one mm-hmm. or it's injured, that is not a crazy thing for it to find. And you do not have to worry about a tarantula making you dinner or biting you. Tarantulas are very laid back. Like most spiders, they will not bite you unless they feel absolutely threatened. Mm-hmm. They will not. And I know I mentioned the inch long fangs earlier and you're picturing this huge tarantula biting you. What I've seen is their bite is comparable to like a wasp sting. Yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna hurt, 
their venom is not going to kill you. It's going to hurt for a little while. And then I saw some other reactions that some people have. Sometimes they have profuse sweating. Yeah. They'll get really hot. It's like sweating and vomiting is what I saw. So it's like a it's like a flu almost, but not as bad. Yeah. So obviously avoid them. If you see one, don't mess with it. Don't yeah. bother it. But if you do get bit, you don't have to worry about something bad happening. Yeah. So, you know, we, we describe this tarantula having like really hairy legs, a hairy abdomen, and it's not just for looks. It's they use this to protect themselves. It's they have this defense mechanism um, and it's described as a hissing sound. And we actually just listened to it and it is very creepy sounding. And yeah. what they'll do is they'll rub their legs together and their hairs together and it makes this hissing sound. It's exactly like how a cricket makes its noise. How yeah. the cricket rubs its legs together like a cello or violin. That is exactly what this tarantula is doing is just rubbing those, hair, those hairs together which create this little hissing thing and usually it's to warn whatever is coming like, hey, back up. Yeah. Because most things don't want to get bit by a foot-sized tarantula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then it also will use those hairs and people have honestly probably seen this because I have seen this before I looked into the bird eater. Yeah. It will use those hairs as weapons. Mm -hmm. So what it'll do, it'll start to shed those hairs. And when it has this like cloud of hairs around it, it will kind of like shoot the hairs towards what the aggressive, whatever animal creature, whatever it may be as an irritant. Yeah. Which I've seen and I've seen humans get hit with it. It's not pleasant, no. especially if it gets in your eyes or mouth. It is bad. It can hurt like hell. It's going to take a while to get the hairs out. Yeah. So it is literally just to like, hey, get away from me. Don't bother me. Because um, what I thought of instantly is like uh, like the ca the cactus when they have those like projectiles off of them. And if you hit them, it doesn't feel good. Because mm. like you said, it, it when you get it in your eyes and mouth, it's bad news. But if it hits you in your skin, it's pretty much just... Super itchy. Itching and swelling. It's just, that's all it is. Oh, and I did one of those hairs. This is just more vocabulary for everyone. Those <laughs> hairs are called urticating hairs. That's, those are what those kind of hairs are called. So when it actually does hunt, we talked about what it eats. Um, and how they hunt and eat is actually pretty standard for spiders and tarantulas. Yep. So what they'll do is they are, they're pretty much opportunity. They'll find something sneak up on it, and then pounce on it, basically. And when they do, they'll grab whatever it is with their fangs. And like we said, it's an inch long, so they can grab yeah, they're something. Digging in there. Yeah, they can get really deep into an animal. Um, I even saw that it can easily crush a mice's skull, which is just I mean, to think about. That's not shocking. Um, but when they do, they inject this venom into them that paralyzes them. Um so, like we said, you know, it wouldn't hurt a human, but smaller animals, it can actually, it will paralyze them completely. And then they'll basically just take it back to their house. They like to eat it leisurely. Mm. They'll take it back to their burrow. And they have these um, digestive enzymes that they basically spit up on their animal mm. that breaks down their tissue. And then they just slurp it up, basically. Yeah, so... Spiders don't have ma mouths yeah. in the sense that we think, like, they don't have, like, teeth and whatnot. It's similar to, like, a, uh, if you think, like, a mosquito or a butterfly, it yeah. has, like, a, a straw for a mouth. Mm -hmm. That essentially is what it has. So it has to eat liquids. So it's that, that stereotypical thing that we've all heard about spiders, about, like, sucking out, like, mm -hmm. the insides. That's what it's doing. It is, it's, it's using those enzymes to break everything down, liquefy it, and then it drinks a nice, yummy mouse shake. Yeah. <laughs> and as most... I would say most insects, arachnids are, they are solitary. That's, 
They, the mates are only there to mate. That is all they do. And that's it. That is all the socializing they do. And then yes, mothers will stay with their, uh, babies after they hatch, but it's nothing crazy long. And once they're on their own, they're on their own. Yep. Um, so getting into the reproduction, um, the male, I guess, courtship, you could call it, is it's pretty interesting when I was reading about it. It sounds terrifying it to be a male. It does. So basically, um, a male will go up to um, uh, one of the girl spiders in her burrow and try to entice her out, basically. And when she does, um, males, you can tell males from females because they have these special like hooks on the front legs. And they're there because when the female comes out, as he's trying to mate with her, he will grab her with the hooks because the female spider is known for attacking or killing the male spider right after mating. And so he's basically just trying to get in there as quick as he can, mate, make sure he doesn't get attacked, and then scurry out of there. It's really, like, I don't want to say funny. It's like dark humor to think about. Like, essentially, tarantula reproduction is non-consensual. Yeah. The female spider is not coming out to reproduce. That is not what she's coming out to do. She's coming out to eat that male. Yeah. What that male is trying to do is those hooks that Julie was talking about. He, like, hooks her fangs so she can't bite him yeah. <laughs> and tries to reproduce as quick as possible and get out. Yeah. I think I saw it's, like, 50% of males don't survive the mating. Yep. The female will kill them while mating or when they finish. Which, I mean, that's pretty typical for a lot of insects where the males are just... The males are only there to reproduce. And you can also tell males apart because I think males were also tinier, if I remember. Yeah. Males are not as big as females... And they live a lot shorter lives. Yeah, um, males only live about a year or two after they mate. Mm. So it's they mate, you know, they live a little while longer, they've done their duty, that's it, basically. And then also, because I remember reading this fact, I think it was relatively recently, before we did this podcast, mm-hmm. to give you a little more, I don't want to say arachnophobia, but like to get an idea of like how much we don't really know about these creatures, female tarantulas can live up to 20 years. Yeah. I had no idea tarantulas yeah. live that long. Um, it, Yeah, because when you think of spiders, it's, you know, a couple years at most. Like, a couple years, yeah. that's it. But they, the female tarantulas, and I guess it's not super surprising just based on how big they are. I mean, they're, like, you know, the top dog of it the is, tarantula world. Usually it is. The bigger a creature, the more, the yeah. longer it will live. Yeah. But, I mean, still, like, that's, that's, that's it's crazy. It's a big jump. I mean, a tarantulas live long. That tarantula can live longer than some dogs, cats. Yeah, like, that's crazy to think about. So, actual reproduction. So, after the male and the female mate, um, the female will lay somewhere between like fifty to two hundred eggs at a time. And like Jack mentioned earlier, she'll put it in this silk-lined sack that she made, um, and she actually covers it with barbs, like from herself, mm-hmm. to protect them. And, um, you know, she'll bring this sack with her hunting and everything. They are very protective over it. Yep. And then the gestation period is only about six to seven weeks. So, like, two months, basically, which is an extremely short amount of time. And then, basically, the babies, you know, they'll hatch from their eggs. And then after their first molt, which is basically just their skin shedding, like, how think about snakes and lizards, Mm -hmm. they have to shed off their old skin to grow. So after their first molt, that's when they leave the nest, basically. Yep. And I saw the spiderlings. uh, Spiderlings is what our baby spiders are called, Mm -hmm. as spiderlings. Uh, They're expected to molt 
five to six times in their first year. Mm -hmm. And I did see also, I thought molting, at least for spiders, I thought molting was like a days long process. Yeah. It's like a couple hours at most. Like they try to get it done quickly because yes, the tarantula is like a top dog in its area, but when it's molting, it is defenseless. It basically is just laying there. It is losing its exoskeleton and the skin underneath is soft and mushy. Yeah. It can be killed as something much smaller than it. Yeah. Which has happened, but that's, I didn't know that it was that quick. So, you know, as we talk about it, it's hard to believe that, you know, one of the biggest spider tarantulas has predators, but it's pretty standard. You have, you know, bigger tarantulas, obviously, you know, especially if you're a young tarantula. And then I learned spider wasps are threatened, are threatened to them. Um, you know, bigger snakes and mainly habitat loss is their biggest predator from humans. Yeah, sadly. I did see also, uh, there are some people that consider the, uh, Goliath bird eater a tasty morsel Mm -hmm. and they will roast or they will wrap it in a banana leaf and then roast that and then eat it. Yeah. Is how that goes. It's a, it was a delicacy is what I saw too. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I'm not shocked learning about Mm -hmm. this. We've talked about this multiple times now with certain people's believing it can contain powers or it's just a yummy treat. And I mean, I imagine it is protein packed. So yeah. I imagine it's not too bad. Um, just some other little, just random things we didn't mention throughout. So they are mostly nocturnal. Yes. Um, that, is, that is the whole goal. They have terrible vision. Yeah. They, the apparent, I did not know how horrible vision it has. But when we're talking about the hairs, one of the other things they double as is sensing vibrations. So that is the one big thing. Of how they know what's around. And that's they'll feel the vibrations and then they do their little hissing to warn things, hey, back up. But like we said, they don't go very far from their burrow. So they don't really need great eyesight because yeah. they're not venturing out. They're not looking for food in that sense. So kind of just wrap it up. It's it's not like a sad note, but, um, you know, sadly, we don't know the exact population size of these creatures. Um, but it's estimated that they are endangered. And they're extremely rare to come across in the wild themselves. But it's estimated they are endangered just because of, like we said, habitat loss. You think of deforestation, especially in South America, like in the Amazon and everything. Yep. It's it's rapidly growing. And you can see with a lot of creatures, they're just losing their home and they have nowhere else to go, basically. Which seems to be the theme for a lot of the animals we talk about. And it's probably going to be the theme for most animals that we talk about, to yeah. be honest. So that's all we have on the Goliath Bird Eater. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, tune in for our next week's episode where we will talk about the vampire squid. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CTTC Podcast for all updates. And if you're on a platform that allows reviews and ratings, please feel free to drop one for us. It really helps us get in front of more ears, and we appreciate any feedback we can get to help improve what we're doing. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.